well. We talk today about um, financial health, and it's an important uh, part and piece of our lives. And when we think of finances, we consider the economy, and we know that without a doubt, uh, when it comes to the economy, it is uh, a challenging time. And we uh, even have prospect of uh, more challenging times ahead. We know all too well that high inflation is really taking a toll on families. The high prices uh, really have become a, a shock, and, and certainly everybody has had to adjust. Uh, many families are living paycheck to paycheck. That's not easy by any stretch. That's all the more reason for every one of us to consider our physical fitness, F-I-S-C-A-L, physical fitness. As you know, we have attempted a, a health assessment over the, over the past few weeks since the very beginnings of the new year, and we've taken that health assessment from God's perspective. And in the mix of that, we have used the book of Proverbs as our guide. All along, we have found that Proverbs is practical, yet has this, uh, has this spiritual bent to it that really uh, meets life right where it's lived. If you remember, we've talked about health as it relates to body, mind, and spirit. We've considered what it means to be healthy emotionally. We have considered what it, what it takes to maintain healthy relationships, family and friends. Today, as we close out this series, we wrap things up by talking about financial health. The book of Proverbs has a lot to, to say about, about finances. Does that from a practical point of view, but with a spiritual twist. And so we uh, hear today these important passages from the, the book of Proverbs that helps us to move toward financial health. Whether we like it or not, money is very much part of life. How we deal with it has tremendous impact upon the whole of life. So it'd be good for us to turn to God's Word and hear what it has to say, particularly what is said in the, the book of Proverbs. Let's hear these selected passages. First from Proverbs 13, 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. From Proverbs 6, verses 6 through 8, go to the ant, you sluggard, consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Proverbs 22, 7 says this, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to the overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Proverbs 22, 9 says, the generous will, will themselves be blessed for they share their food with the poor. From Proverbs 3, 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, when it, when it is in your power to act. And then finally, from Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. 
Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. This is God's word for God's people. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us. Not only as we hear this word read, but as we seek to take uh, this word and apply it to our lives. May God bless us all. There is seemingly no limit to those offering their services to help with financial planning. Free free steak dinners are offered as an enticement for, for a sales pitch. Radio programs abound, especially on Saturday mornings. Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University has helped thousands of people down through the years. Crown Financial has also been there as well. It's a good thing to sit down and do some financial planning. It's a good exercise in communication. It certainly is a good thing to do to offer focus to life. You've heard it said that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's just the way it is. That's certainly true when it comes to finances. Financial planning is important for for every married couple to do, to again get around the table, to, to focus, to communicate, to get on the same page, if you will. It's something I talk about every time I meet with a young couple that presents themselves to, to be married in the church. We, we talk about financial planning. We talk, moreover, about the importance of communicating in the mix of financial planning. Given the fact, fact that money is one of the greatest stressors of marriage, if not young marriage, it is important that all at least do that planning. Again, it's good to have a plan. So the book of Proverbs talks about many things when it, when it comes to finances. One of the first things that it talks about is being intentional. Intentionality when it comes to money. From Proverbs 13, 11, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. One of my most vivid memories as a child was going with my mom to Greater Louisville Savings and Loan and taking out a savings account. I even got a a little bank. It really wasn't much, and it certainly wasn't a toaster, but it helped me to save my nickels and and dimes, and I will confess that I also had a lot of pennies that went in as well. Every little bit helps. Little by little really did pay off. The numbers don't lie. Let's hear them as they relate to life right now. Through November of 2022, Americans were saving roughly 3.3% of their disposable income. That is a long way off from the pandemic highs of of saving 16.8% in 2020 and 12% in 2021. That 3.3% savings rate for disposable income is second lowest only to what took place in 2005. The percentage then was 2.5%. 
In fact, the 10 lowest saving rates of all time have all been since 1999. I'd say that's a pretty disturbing trend. Little by little does pay off. That won't happen, though, if we aren't intentional. Proverbs also talks about uh, another thing that's quite important when it, when it comes to, to finances. Proverbs talks a lot about being industrious. It's clear about, um, about how that contributes to our financial well-being and, and health. Proverbs takes a dim view on laziness and sloth. In fact, you can find all sorts of passages in Proverbs that, that, that speak against such laziness. It calls on each of us to consider the ant. There you go. Consider the ant. We are to consider its ways and how it stores its provisions in the summer and gathers its food at the harvest. And we hope all that gathering and all that storing takes place outside the house and not inside the house. That's another story. Consider yourself blessed if your work is fulfilling and adds value not only to your life, but to the life of others. Industriousness, working, but yet working to where it is fulfilling not only to you, but to other people as well. Work becomes so much more meaningful when we do it not only for ourselves, that fulfillment, that fulfillment for others, but, but, but it becomes exceedingly fulfilling when we do our work as to the Lord. Hear this great passage from Colossians, the third chapter, verses 23 through 24. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that they will receive an inheritance from the Lord as reward. You've heard of the so-called Protestant work ethic. It, it's sort of ingrained in us, at least to some degree or the other. What work we do, we are to do to the Lord. That's a, a fiber of this Protestant work ethic. The, the term Protestant work ethic was, was a concept that was coined by, by Max Weber. He was a sociologist. He, he uh, came forward with this this thought back in 1905. He hypothesized that the northern European countries were more economically productive than southern European ones because Protestantism promoted the values of labor and discipline. And now that was in contrast with, with Roman Catholicism, which valued ceremony and confession. Whatever you make of that, that... that um, that phrase, Protestant work ethic, spun forward out of those, those thoughts, and, and we, we have it as a part of, uh, of our thinking yet today. Luther, the great Protestant reformer, saw work as an obligation that benefited not only the, the individual, but also society. And he, he thought that to work diligently was a sign of grace. Of course, we know that without some sort of workplace balance, things can get sideways in a hurry. 
And we know what that's like. We, we feel that often when workplace balance is, is, is out of kilter. There's nothing healthy about a lack of workplace balance, and we all need to, to strive toward it. That the same is true when we don't put ourselves into our work. You've probably heard the, the term that's been coined here in these past few weeks and months, quiet quitting. It basically applies to, to those who, who choose, who intentionally choose not to apply, to apply themselves to work. Proverbs calls us to consider the ant. Here's yet another bit of wisdom from the book of Proverbs regarding financial health. It has to do with being prudent. Proverbs talks clearly about indebtedness. It says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So much of our economy is built on lending and borrowing money. We have recently seen how much a favorable interest rate impacts the economy, and conversely, how things suffer when that rate is less than favorable. I ran across this the other day that uh, makes an effort to try to, uh, to summarize the, the average American. It says this, the average American is one who drives a bank finance car over a bond-financed road using gasoline bought with a credit card to travel, travel to a nearby store to open up yet another charge account, to then fill that uh, person's highly mortgaged home with furniture purchased on an installment plan. Any of that sound familiar? Overall, consumer debt has gone through the roof. It's ex- where we are today. Consumer debt is, is at a record high of $16.9 trillion. And delinquencies are, are on the rise. Dave Ramsey, who we mentioned a, a moment ago, takes a, a pretty hard line about such things. He recites uh, Proverbs 22:7 all the time, where the borrower is slave to the lender. Ramsey is all about telling people not to get into debt. And if they are, to get out of it as soon as they can. People will come on a show and and yell, we are debt-free. And they do that at the top of their lungs. I will say this, that there's just something freeing about being out of debt. We talked about a, a bit earlier about saving little by little. Debt is the opposite of saving and expensive at that. We do well to be prudent in this regard. As Ramsey is wont to say, live like no one else now so that later you can live like no one else. That leads us to a couple of other things that each of us should aspire to. And they come directly from the book of Proverbs, if not from the the, the whole of Scripture. The first has to do with honoring the Lord with what we have. The other involves generosity, particularly to the poor. These two have everything to do with our relationship with God and how we live our lives. Proverbs challenges us. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. 
Then your barns will be filled to the overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And if your barns don't overflow, then certainly your hearts will. In honoring the Lord, there's just something that, that, that takes place. Uh, our hearts become full. We begin to spill over with generosity. In honoring the Lord with what we have, we find ourselves living as God would have us to live. When we honor the Lord with our giving, we let go of that which has a hold on us. Let's face it. Our possessions have a way of possessing us rather than the other way around. There's just something freeing about giving. That's why Proverbs talks so much about giving to the poor. When we, we, we give, we, we release that which uh, very well may have a, a hold upon us. There's nothing more freeing than letting go. From Proverbs 22, 9, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. We receive an inherent blessing when we give, particularly when we give to those who have so much less than ourselves. God has a way of working in the mix of that when we do. He uses us not only to, to meet the needs of another person, but to meet that deep need that is in us to express the same love that we first received in him. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. That's from Proverbs 3.27. Let's be honest with ourselves. It is in our power to act more times than we would ever care to admit. So then, how are you going to manage your money? It all comes down to how you view things. You can figure that, that what's mine is mine, and I'm going to hold on to it, and I'm going to hold as tightly as I possibly can, or you can think that what's mine is really God's, and it comes to me, down to me becoming a good steward of that which he has first given. I love this story of a man who lived on a very, very modest income. He was talking to one of the owners of the company he worked for, and he made this comment, I am richer than you are. And his boss just sort of grumbled, and then he asked, now how do you, how do you figure that? And the man re replied, because I have all the money I want, and you don't. Now, there's a, a bold, uh, profound statement when it comes to money. You have all the money, I have all the money I want, and you don't. Proverbs ends with a wonderful prayer near the, uh, the end of the book. It's uh, chapter 30. It's a prayer that was written and prayed by a fellow by the name of Agur, it is as full of wisdom for today as it was the day that it was written and first prayed. Hear that prayer. Two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Hear that. 
Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Whether rich or poor, Lord, or anywhere in between, let it be that my focus is on you. Let this be our prayer as we seek to be physically fit, F-I-S-C-A-L, physically, physically fit by being industrious, being intentional, being prudent, being generous, and above all things, honoring the Lord. May God be with us all. Let's pray together. Thank you, God, for being interested in the whole of life. Thank you, God, for uh, touching our lives, for blessing us in Christ. We do thank you for the good news that is ours in Christ. We thank you for this uh, challenging word uh, in the book of Proverbs. As we uh, consider our financial health, we, we pray that you, uh, you give us wisdom. We pray that you give us strength. Help us, Lord, to make uh, wise decisions. Above all things, God, we pray that you help us to honor you. Lord, we thank you that you're interested in our health, body, mind, and spirit. Pray that you keep us healthy uh, in, in our relationships with friends and with family and others beyond. And Lord, we pray that even in this uh, area that hits so close to home, the stuff of money, we pray for your good work to be done, for you to be evident. Lord, we pray that you uh, help us to learn and grow as you seek to challenge us and above all things. May we seek after you and trust in you for our daily bread. This prayer we make in the name of Christ. Amen.